Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you Episode 29, Buying Time Away from Civilization with Low-Cost Rain Harvesting Strategies, originally published August 12th, 2022. I have to use this moment to share a very exhilarating experience while I'm still high on life. Um, I think I just, actually, I I think I just had the most um, epic experience of, of romance with 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 rain and thunder and monsoon summer storms and uh most importantly because now that i'm weaning off of um all of the grids and i'm um leaning towards independence on all levels off grid and uh and off of all of the support lines when it rains I have got to at least know that every time I'm capturing more which means that I learn from the mistakes and from the limitations of the previous rain event and and I apply myself to building in and and reallocating funds and just increasing the infrastructure to capture more rain and I will say that yes, just now this time it was the most uh, epic um, experience of of getting the most rain captured so far, but it's still no pun intended a drop in the bucket compared to what I would need to sustain the minimalist system that I have as a permaculture subsistence gardening system but in in order to scale that out and to have it be very resilient for for drought periods it needs to be scaled up quite a bit and i'm just working within within budget cycles um and trying to I, i guess again living on this principle that that um when the markets are up, I, I, I'm obliged to take profits and realize gains and reinvest that into the, into the regenerative infrastructure that I'm building and have that regenerative infrastructure sustain me through, through the bear cycles, the bear markets, and, and during which times I'm not going to want to sell the bottom, so to speak. I'm going to want to hold. So holding the assets enduring the so-called paper losses and surviving and thriving in a in a permaculture one-man ecosystem 
in between. Um, and it's, it's been that, that, uh, that cycling of us, of extreme austerity and, and just freezing of all purchases and staying still for months at a time. And then kind of going on a shopping spree, having learned survival lessons during that bear market and taking that shopping spree and going and just trying to get still a very minimal, minimalistic profile of, of equipment and whatnot, but know exactly how to apply it. So at this phase, it's still it's still very, very humble um, infrastructure, but the, the principles and the scaling of those principles is where it gets very, very interesting because there's so many different ways that I can conceive of to expand the footprint of the area that I can capture and funnel rainwater into ponds, into rain barrels and cisterns and various other um, endpoints. But given the extreme storming conditions and the sideways nature of the rain when it comes down during during crazy windstorms and uh and how erratic it is um it's not like the northwest where there's a pretty gentle steady flow uh it's easier to work with 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 occasional storms here it's just like what just happened now is just like relatively sunny bright sunny day hot i'm curled up or laid out <laughs> uh just trying to escape the heat and survive and then a little bit of cloud cover starts coming in and then a lot and then it gets darker and then there's thunder and then it's like 30 minutes of torrential downpour almost flooding and um where i'm at i'm not going to be washed away because it's very flat uh it's a very 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 mild slope um but there's yeah enough coming down to where it, it i have to um under these conditions since I, I since i don't have the ideal which is just knowing that i've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of square feet just permanently installed to capture the all of every one of those drops across as much of the property as possible which which makes the most sense because if i had if i had what i dream of even you know i don't i don't have, I have a it's it's a handful of acres it's not a thousand acres but even if i could get a fraction of that of of the footprint of this property to be permanently installed with very rugged very very rigid um, very durable rain catchment surface area um, ideally it will be mostly ponds that are sealed with bentonite is what is what the majority of that footprint will be but a sort of prosthetic uh, stopgap system to get towards that ideal, which would be a high ticket item budget wise to get the amount of bentonite that would be needed. It's a form of uh, natural, non toxic, uh, pure clay that um, makes a perfect watertight seal. And um, 
it's very very accessible but it's very expensive and um that's that's the dream is to is to be able to afford just dump truck after dump truck load of that and just be able to carve out ponds dump in that bentonite and just wait and and that would capture and put to productive use the majority of the rain and also in in the areas that that the ponds aren't actually dug into the ground i may i've already done the the earthwork swaling and sort of um trenching ditch digging in order to angle and direct the uh the sheet flows from major rain events that would have otherwise just create this sort of this massive massive flooding runoff off of the land now now that's all channeled into ponds i've already dug i just don't have the bentonite to seal them yet so they're just waiting to be uh, sealed and then to be capturing the rain that falls directly above onto the surface area of the ponds um, and have that be exponentially uh bolstered by the flows that are directed from from basically what would look like irrigation channels and connected to swales which are contour ditches that gather from a wider a wider area and help to slow the speed of the the, the, the water down so it's less erosive um, so the, that 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 mainframe of earthworking and ponding is is the skeleton of it is done but it does me no good now so what I've got going now which is pretty funny, but pretty exciting to uh, to share. But uh, you know, I've got I've got corrugated roof um, footprint that that funnels down through some bamboo um, gutters that I that I fashioned, and that goes down through some some tin cans down a rain chain into a galvanized tub, and and so. If it's raining hard and I'm and it's starting to fill up from the the roof, the little tiny home rooftop rain, then I have to manually uh, bail that out over into the uh, a stock tank pond that is functioning with water plants and fish at the moment, and it, and it's that water that I use to irrigate all of my. Well, my my very humble sort of uh, bonsai food forest. So that's so that was the chore. Is that in that thirty minutes that this this rainstorm fell, a giant rainbow, and the sun's still shining. It's totally bright for the most of the rest of the sky, but there's just this beautiful opportunity of a massive thick dark cloud system just pouring down rain. Um, right on top of me so so it, it was definitely like a sort of uh, Laurel and Hardy kind of zany piano music kind of <laughs> cinematic moment of um, making sure that, that that tub doesn't overflow and, and taking bail, bailing water from that into the pond and then uh and then sweeping off the, the the concrete pad. Luckily, it's there's a collection point just on a bit of a, a slant to the pad. Over time, it's sunk in enough. I don't know when it was put in, 
but this was the first time that I was that it was warm and in the summer uh, and not just in the middle of the night where it was easy for me to get out in a tank top and shorts and just get a free shower and and be have a warm free shower and be soaked and be loving it and uh, and yeah giant rainbow the whole time and then I and, and be able to sweep through a choke point the water that's gathering and pulling up just about an inch maybe less than well half an inch to an inch in one area and being able to fun- sweep that violently and funnel that onto this uh i bought a, a bunch of um tin foil like catering trays like oven trays you see for for catering a party and uh, i've been using those for 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 the nursery for seedlings and whatnot but i've got a box of them so i just laid all those out put rocks in them so they wouldn't blow away they were already starting to blow away on me and uh and rain came down i got i don't know it was a quick rain event so i only got maybe half an inch in, in a bunch of those but that was that was a good haul and then and then continually I don't know how many trays full I got of sweeping water off off of this little deck in onto one of those trays and then and then again and again pouring that tray um into the into the stock tank pond this galvanized stock tank pond and the real uh yeah and then 30 minutes later the ground's dry the sun's blazing again I'm getting burnt by the sun again so I have to go hide from it again and just that short burst of a blessing literally more more than ever in all of my life that I feel like it did something magical it actually bought me time and it sounds weird to say because it's not really possible it didn't really like take me back in time or it wasn't a time machine but what it but what it does for me in this economy of water that's very scarce and limited uh, as far as the rainwater that I get and the, the, the rationing of the water that I bring in um, because the, the trucking in of water even though the water I found a cheap and decent source of it for bulk quantities that's, that's relatively close by still the fuel cost to do that it ma- makes the, the water co- technically cost a lot more uh, then it then it it obviously it makes it extremely expensive per gallon relative to free water from the sky so the vigor that I apply to capturing that free water from the sky is going to be pretty extreme um, relative to the the cost of having to of losing that water or letting it slip past not capturing hardly any of it um, and then feeling the pain of okay well now i got to truck in more water and because i had to truck it in that's makes it makes it very expensive water um and it makes me very very weary of using it in excess for, but i would ultimately love to do things like take baths and have a, a regular sort of camp shower rather than just doing kind of spray bottle and sponge baths and whatnot so it's very precious all of it's precious what i truck in and what what rain what comes in from rain but the so given that trade-off the feeling of buying time literally 
just the amount of rain that I captured just now, what it effectively has done, it basically doubled the amount of water that was in the, the galvanized stock tank, which means I have to use less of my trucked in stored water to keep that pond healthy and topped off and and not too close to becoming anaerobic, which is a, a fine line of just keeping it above that little sense of it starting to give off any scent, I mean, any anaerobic uh, smell. Fish are happy, plants are happy. I just got a workout and a shower at the same time and a very beautiful, epic, romantic, raining moment. Um, and that water in that tank literally represents days forward that I do not have to leave my beloved property and risk all of the madness of the matrix, which is very minimal because I'm far from the city, thankfully. But even just getting, just crossing the property line, getting on the road, being in a vehicle, liabilities and risks just stack up and stack up. And maybe that sounds agoraphobic, but I mean, maybe some orgoric people just really love their where they live. It's 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 a different form of agoraphobia to be in love with your land and feeling so de-risked and so at peace and so in harmony and 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 so happy to be away from all of the things you hear about in the news. And so anytime I'm forced out of my position to go back to resupply for anything uh, you know I dread it I do I do dread it and I and I, I celebrate very hard when I get back in one piece with you know no 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 problems with the vehicle and no run-ins with anybody unsavory um, and no exposure to any um, anything I'm trying to not get exposed to. But when I look at that water that I just got right now, and I say, that was the most crucial, vital water in my entire life. Never have I felt so intimately connected with it because... If I did need to rely on it, I have the means to filter that, to drink it, of course, even the stuff that, you know, had contact with the ground, I have no problem filtering it with what I have to filter it. But I have plenty of drinking water. It's just a matter of I'm getting closer to that point of like, okay, now I have to start sacrificing drinking water to go into the pond. And part of the sacrifice of the pond is that even though I'm shading it, uh, it does, it does evaporate. So, so it's um, it's a dwindling supply, and my objective right now, more than anything else, is to is to stretch my water supply, not to the very very edge of it, but hopefully within a safe buffer of having at least fifty to a hundred gallons um, emergency supply as a bare minimum 
and hoping not to cross that line. But but if I can comfortably maintain 50 to 100 gallons, and with the rest of what I what I had stored, and in addition to what I just captured, to be able to go through for the rest of the month of August without being forced to leave the property in the blazing heat with the risk of being to, of breaking down and not in the middle of nowhere it's not that remote but in circumstances that are going to just be well, deadly because of the sun deadly um, and, and extremely costly because of the bear market like there are there are um Yeah, there are financial market, uh, trading market events that I'm holding out for that I'm hoping are gonna are gonna turn a few things around because yeah, if I if I can the, the longer I can wait uh, to to be forced out on a resupply run, I have enough food to last into next year and beyond, depending on how I how I play it, but comfortably fully fed uh, beyond a year's supply that's all squared away but um, but yeah it's been it's been a question mark how far I can stretch the water and I wasn't expecting these last couple of beautiful rains and uh, it's been a blessing and and if that was just 30 minutes then I'm extremely excited and thrilled to imagine that even if it takes me getting up in the middle of the night, the temperatures around the clock are so hot <laughs> that I can afford, I will not get hypothermia getting drenched, getting up in the middle of the night, putting on a headlamp and getting out there and doing the same thing, sweeping as much water as I can, collecting it, getting it into the pond. Um, cycling through the 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 rain, the roof roof catchment see i'm telling the truth <laughs> yeah i won't be on the roads i won't be endangered by flash flooding on the roads i will be I will be in a frenzy to uh, to get that rain all funneled into that pond, and hopefully not get struck by lightning. But if I do, it's a good day to die. And yeah, I mean, just a exhilarating experience. <laughs> and I really think about you know. I'm, I'm 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 used to rain events that go on for hours and hours. The last project that I was working at, it was almost right on the coast, and it was it, there was there was a year-round fog, and there were just massive rains, and the rains would be it would be raining solid for days and days, and just it was I was so spoiled, and and the water supply there was actually on on the water I don't know what you call it, the water grid but 
there was there was a you know it was a farm an actual farm with actual farm irrigation piping so when it rained I, I tinkered with rainwater catchment a bit but I wasn't dependent on it so all that really meant was oh well, I don't have to water anything with the hose for a few days that's great but now when I think about how precious every drop is and how much I wish I had bought 10 boxes of those catering trays because that's sort of like a very modular cellular way to extend that rainwater surface catchment area without without a huge expense of what it actually is to build solid installations of material that's going to capture that roof whether that's whether that's rubber pond liners which I don't want to go back to which I've used before and they they're they're good if you if you they're good for what they're good for but I'm trying to go non-toxic so I'm waiting holding out in the bentonite I would love to have I would love to have dozens and dozens of of corrugated sheet metal laying around um to just lay on the ground and put rocks on and dig holes below with pits with with uh cans or buckets or whatever the thing is just anything that's a structure is going to get battered so much by the wind it's it's it would be very expensive to put in permanent rainwater rainwater uh like a covered areas basically that would be you could walk under them or sit under them and then they would be on on some sort of frame and then they would capture that rain versus just something you could lay on the ground so yeah that's something i'll look into i mean it's something that i think would be within my ecological framework of if it, it'll eventually rust out and turn to dust and be a non-toxic, non-burden, non-burdening um, element. So eventually, I probably will get get a bunch of those. But now I realize that something that's probably even cheaper and could be just as effective. If I do the math, <laughs> I got I got tons of free rock. I mean, all the free rock you could ever imagine so if the system that i just that i just um discovered was that it's a little bit more labor intensive but if i want to conserve financial resources and i literally have all the time in the world (laughs) and nothing better to do (laughs) these catering trays they're several inches deep they're light they're easy to move. I can stack them up when I'm done. I, a, a couple of rocks set in them will keep them from blowing away. They're not going to slice me in two like the corrugated metal has done before. I've been filleted open by these things. They're very dangerous. If they did pick up wind, they would be like um, giant ninja stars and take parts of your body off. They maim people. They're yeah, and they're and they're relatively expensive and they're they're heavy. And they're just awkward to move, so, you know, I I probably will work them in later, eventually, but for now, I think, wow, I just, I think now, if I was going to scale up with this, I really have this little fractal module, which is... 
I mean, the, the, the catering trays actually serve as well in the nursery. So I get two functions out of that. Whereas, so comparing, comparing corrugated metal sheeting, just laying on the ground and, and digging a hole on one side with a slight angle so it would slope down and fill up a can or a bucket or something, well, it's only good for that. And other than that, it's a heavy nuisance that has to be lugged around and I wouldn't want to just leave it out there. But with these stackable catering trays, when, when, when it's not the rainy season, they can be used for, for the nursery. They can be used for starting seeds, for microgreens and whatnot. They have multiple functions and they're stackable and they're light and they're easy to work with. And so if, if what I just did was like, okay, starting to rain, I hear the first two drops and I bolt outside and I'm out there and I, I lay, out, lay out this box of, of, those, uh, of those trays, put rocks in them, and then they and then there is they're they're filling up with water. So wow, I mean, and then and then I wouldn't have to then I wouldn't have to sweep the deck, and which only got about five percent no like one percent of the water, but still it was a lot. It was it was enough to keep me occupied. But I wouldn't even have to do that if I were if I were to be able to lay out lay out all these trays. So yeah, this is uh, it's a very interesting discovery. And again, it's a discovery that comes from from starting with the most minimalist solution, knowing that yes, I could have put in a bunch of money to build a system that only did one thing, which was capture water. That's the thing. It's like it rains so rarely that whatever I put in for rainwater capture, if it's a lot of money and that's all it does and it's only going to, you know, I mean, if, if it's just, um, it's, it's just a tough trade-off. But yeah. Thought I would share that. Definitely from <laughs> following up from from the previous podcast, which was somewhat grim about a about a survival. Um, yeah, a, a, a near, almost mid to near death experience survival mistake. <laughs> uh, this was a, this was definitely. A, a bit of redemption and a morale booster and I just can't get over the implications of like if I could be so if I could be that successful in that amount of time with that limited of a array of catchment capacity the elegance of of scaling the microcosm the sort of fractal of the system the elegance of scaling that no learning knowing what i just what i know now learning what i just learned
It's very exciting, and and it was a beautiful rainbow. Buys me time to stay on my side of the property line, off the highway, out of the madness, at least until the seasons change. And if a vehicle breaks down or any mishap occurs, off of my property line where I have far less power legally and tactically and and where where all of those mosquito straws into your in all of the mosquito straws into my my net worth <laughs> that are just hungry to take a piece of me all of those all of that risk can at least be staved off and buffered till that season change and then it's a lot easier to deal with whatever chaos is out there when the temperatures are lower and it's not doesn't create I mean most situations out there in the world, I will MacGyver my way through by camping in my vehicle, by staying up all night, by being vigilant, by waiting it out. All those things go out the window in this heat. You can't do anything. I would be forced to cough up so much money to me, it's to me the, the frivolousness of paying for air-conditioned hotel rooms, motel rooms. You know, if I had to get work done on my vehicle or got entangled with any kind of situation, like no. Coolness is a force multiplier out in that world. The heat is a force divider. It, it limits so much and puts so much danger and risk. It's just a very visceral feeling. There's maybe very few people who are listening to this who, who can relate to that, that feeling of... Um, actually having this contrast, a juxtaposition between the ecological security of a homestead and the, the all of the insecurities that come from setting foot off of that. When you when you don't have when you don't have people who could come to your rescue, you know, you when I don't have people who could get me out of a jam I'm totally on my own it's me and versus it's me it's me against the world and, and not not in a in a conspiratorial sense but just in a sense of like 
It's more like me and all of the um, all of the services service providers that 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 would that I, it would cost me to um, you know in the absence of a tribe of a community where where we fix each other's cars and we and we do each other's holistic healing and and we support each other in times of need and whatnot. Like I've had more than my fair share of that type of community within the environmental movement, within the anarchist movement, within the punk movement. I have been so blessed and so spoiled and so accommodated and and secured and and saved and rescued, <laughs> nursed back to health, all kinds of all kinds of blessings that have come from being deeply embedded in that tribal fabric, um, urban and rural communities that I've been connected with. But it's been this last couple of years where I've really gone lone wolf. And um, I miss that, but I know that the, the personal spiritual mission that I'm on and the way that I'm going about how I'm designing my future, it's time it's time to, to do that walkabout. Um, and it's an extended, extended walkabout, and I, I, I'm okay with that. It just changes a lot about the relationship to, to going out in the civilized world, going into civilization, where if you're not a customer, you're loitering. If you're not purchasing lodging, you are a vagrant. Um, if you're if you're asleep in a vehicle, you're breaking the law. You know, there's so many layers upon layers upon layers, and the only way to not be victimized by the legal system and the financial systems is to just pay and pay and pay and pay and pay and if you're trying to hodl and conserve and not hemorrhage financial resources then then you for me I want to avoid I want to avoid those that exposure and at the very least know that that the supplies that I have at this moment are enough to get me through to that most more than ever before in life sort of um, the the a timeline horizon where we're making it over making it past the next few weeks to where to where at least it's cooler at night then I'll be able to safely and, and comfortably go and, and and resupply and know that yeah, anything bad happens it won't be it won't be compounded by by the by the threat of lethal temperatures. <laughs> so yep. That's enough. It's enough for now. 
I don't know how that adapts exactly to anyone who's listening per se, but there's never too much appreciation and gratitude that can be expressed for the elements. And there's not never too much fear and humility to be expressed about surviving the extremes of the elements. So, and at the same time this is happening, people have been dying from flooding. So it's a real dance with the elements. And I will close by saying that that permaculture design for me has been the most empowering system of 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 knowledge and um, of technical training because it has taught me elegant very engaging intimate uh, elegant ways to harmonize with these patterns and to every time the satisfaction of harmonizing with a pattern is just so, so blissful so I hope that whatever circumstance you find yourself in that the elements don't destroy you and that the elements nourish you and that the dance and the design of a dance of life between those extremes of, of, of the gifts and the, and the curses of, of the elements that, uh, that, you, that you live a beautiful life. Cheers. Training for you, we got a lot of love.